Good worship, huh? Yeah. I was uh, sitting there just thinking about how good it was, the last song, about how uh, God picks up all of our pieces and puts us back together. And the, the way he does that is through his son, Jesus. Jesus is the master craftsman. He's the one who builds us and puts us back together. And he's the one that broke into our lives before we knew him. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but he was trying to break into my life for quite a while. And uh, I remember, remember the day very well when I was drug overdose driving down the road trying to get back to my naval uh, air base. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? You're a military drug overdose. And anyway, driving back, and uh, I was driving through this dark cloud, and tornadoes and everything were really tearing up uh, Kentucky and Tennessee and everything. And I was driving right through it and just driving in this dark cloud. And uh, God began to whisper to me in my car because he loved me and because he loves everyone and he's not willing really the word says that any should perish but all should come to repentance to know him that's his desire that we would all know him and so I just uh, realized that uh, he was speaking to me just a uh, depression on my heart and then uh, I heard um, uh, his voice that said this that Steve this is your last chance and I knew what that meant uh, last chance wasn't the last chance of meeting him. It was the last chance that I could catch breath and live another day because I was so overdosed. And uh, I realized that at that moment that if I died at that moment that I would not be with him. I understood that. It was like in intuitively that I understood that I would not uh, be with him. And so I, I prayed a real simple, simple prayer and it was really more of a shout and my prayer was this, God, help me. And as soon as I got those three words out, and I meant it with everything, his presence filled my car. And I began to shake and to cry and pulled over and, and just began to weep and to cry and to cry and to cry. And then, then I had the sense of everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. And that's what God uh, did for, for me over 50 years ago. I mean, that's a long time. But what, re what remains true is his gospel. What remains true is the gospel has power in it to save. It always has done, and it always will be. And the word basically says this, if we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and we, we recognize and believe that he's raised from the dead, and if we confess our sins, the word says he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What does that mean? He gives you a fresh start. That's what it means. That's what the gospel means. He, Jesus gives people a fresh start, a do-over in life that's called being born again by the power and love of the Holy Spirit. And so that's the gospel, and that's the gospel for everyone. And Today, as we were singing, I just, I just felt like just that the, not, not felt, but had an impression, is that, uh, that we need courage in these days that we're living in. We need courage, and we need to be encouraged, and we need to have courage poured into our hearts to allow him by his presence to encourage us, to pour courage into our hearts, that we may follow him and, and do what he asks us to do and to be who we, really the most important part is to be who he asks us to be and so today if you need courage would you just stand up if you need courage if you're someone here saying you know I need courage would you just stand up I need courage I just need it 
something going on. I just need courage. I need courage to face tomorrow. I need courage today. Okay? So let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the great encourager, that you're the one who pours into us. So, Father, right now, we pour into us, pour into everybody standing today your courage for this year, your courage to stand strong in difficult situations, to have courage to share their faith, have courage in their families, have courage in their workplaces, oh God, that you pour your encouragement, you would encourage through the power and grace of the Holy Spirit today that, uh, Lord, that uh, you're going to encourage them, Lord, throughout 2024. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, have a seat. Thank you so much. Well, today what I want to talk about a little bit is uh, what I want to call, this is called uh, Discoveries Along the Way. Basically, it's, a, it's just a little story, testimony basically out of my life, how I got into all that I'm doing. Uh, when I met Jesus, I, I met a man who was a naval pilot, and his name was Jimmy, and he discipled me for a year in his home, and I began to go to a, a Bible college, and, and suddenly, three years later, I graduated with a Bachelor's of Theology degree, and I thought, I don't even know how that happened, but it did, and then a, a friend of mine who married a Scottish girl, uh, basically what she did, uh, what he did at the end of my college, I said, I don't really know what to do, Tom. He says, why don't you go to Scotland? That would be a great place to start. <laughs> and so I said, that sounds like a great idea. So I got her to begin everything for me. So later on, years later, I met Patty. And then, uh, uh, and then we both went back and we started into church planting. And the reason why we went into church planting was really is we were, I was on a traveling team with Youth with a Mission and everywhere we'd go, we'd see young people meet Jesus. And then as we had like a, where we'd go back to the same churches. And we went back to the same churches. And, and all these young kids that we led to Jesus, they weren't there. And I, th I thought to myself, what's wrong with this equation? <laughs> all these people that we led to the Lord, they're not there anymore. So uh, basically, I said, um, I can't do this anymore. We have to create uh, communities where people can come to belong and then believe and to live. And so we began church planning. And uh, I joined a church planning team. It was one of the first, first church planning team out of the Bible College. And there was four of us on the team. And uh, we planted a church in Dunfermline, Scotland. And then we moved north to plant another church in Inverness, that's the land of the frozen chosen. That's, <laughs> that's like really up there. And we were able to, to be able to uh, do those things and then uh, uh, do things, reach out into the community and all that kind of stuff. I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, we'll, we'll get there here in a minute. But what I want to do just now is just encourage you toward uh, what we're, we've been doing here. This is the Hugs Weekend, Hugs Month, where I encourage you kindness to go to grab some of these hugs and to go out and encourage the community. And uh, you, you won't believe this story, but it's true. It just happened two days ago. I pulled into the post office to mail something for Patty and uh, went up to the door, and it, it was shut. And a lady went up to the door, and it was shut because we got our times mixed up. I thought it was at 8, and it was really at 9 when it opened up. And so she says, well, I'm just going to hang out and hang out in my car. And, and so I got in my car, and I thought, that lady needs a hug. So anyway, I got out of my car, walked up to her with a pack, pack of these little hugs here. And I walked up to her and I, I gave it to her and I said, I just think you need a hug today. And she was really, she just started laughing. And then she looked at it and she looked at the, the first part of it, the hugs, and she turned it over where it says Upper Room Worship Center. And she says, 
you're the guys, you're the guys. I said, what are we the guys for? She goes, well, my husband and I, we had COVID, we were really sick. Our kids are in school. We had no way of purchasing Christmas presents for them. And you guys, you guys purchased presents for these kids at, at the, that we couldn't buy, buy presents for. Thank you so much. Now, what are the odds of that happening at uh, 5 to 9, the weekend before I'm going to speak to you about hugs and the power of kindness? I mean, that's just amazing. And then Patty and I went to Walmart. We just went to Walmart to pick up a few things, and we're walking through Walmart and all this kind of stuff. And there was a lady, um, she had pink on, and she had, a, she had a walker. She was walking. And I went by her, and I thought, you know, God really has something for her, I think. I don't know. You know how you do? I don't know. Maybe. And so anyway, I had to go back and, and get something uh, from the store. And I come out, and uh, there's Patty, and as we're walking out, there's this lady sitting uh, on a bench, and she's the lady who was in a pink uh, jumpsuit with her little walker. And so Patty pulled out her hugs <laughs> and went up, and she goes, I just want to encourage you today with a hug. And we had this conversation about, about what happened to, to her. She had a knee replacement, and she's in a lot of pain. And so Patty just, just says, well, here's some hugs. Would it be okay if we prayed for you? And so uh, the lady, of course, she would say, yes, you can pray for me. Please pray for me. So Patty asked permission to put her hands on her, and she did. And Patty began to pray and to encourage her and pour courage into her, to her life. And we said amen. And then at the end, I said, guess what? You just got hugged. And she started laughing and said, yeah, I just got hugged. So can you imagine how that happens like that? How does that happen? It happens by us. Uh, planning on going. So the first slide I want to show you is we do plan uh, every every year uh, in January. Oops, we went back too far, but but there it is. We plan every year, uh, January through December. We plan outreaches throughout the year so that we can encourage outwardness to go out into community so we can do it together, we can do some fun things with kindness to go to go out. Uh, the next slide is basically what I'd encourage you this year is to think about how you can encourage another person how you can serve, how you can love, how your small group, if you're in a small group, begin to think about an idea that you have that you can do to go out and to reach your world. And I, I believe if all the small groups did that together, I think you guys would have a lot of fun and would also see some significant things happen out in the community as you go out together. Well, the message I'm going to bring today is basically um, just some points on how to go and how to uh, encourage people toward the Lord. So the first slide says, Christians often define themselves by what we believe, but pre-Christians, us people who don't know Jesus, often define us how we do what we do and how we say what we say. Have you ever noticed that? That the community uh, defines Christians basically how we do. That means what's behind what we do and how we say what we say. That's the attitude the act plus the action, both of them being positive. And so go, basically, is the messenger, the message is. That's what Yoda would say, the messenger, the message is. And uh, what we would encourage you to do is to ensure that your words and your actions and your attitudes all line up. I love what uh, Toby Mac says, attitudes are contagious, make yours worth catching. Isn't that true? Has anybody ever been served by somebody that has a bad attitude? If you haven't, just go to fast food. Just, you just go there, and you'll, you'll find that it happens. So 
There's a, a passage of scripture I want to read just before we move on. Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. We know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love in action, which will reassure our hearts in his presence. That's one of my favorite passages is found in 1 John and I would encourage you just to read John and 1 John, but I love what he says. Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through loving deeds. In other words, we have enough evidence that people can see the evidence of a changed life in our lives. We know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love and actions. James would basically say, faith without works is dead. And so what, uh, what the world is looking for is looking for uh, people and believers who really live what they say and they try to model Jesus with their words, their attitudes, and their actions. Does that make sense? And uh, I, I love what uh, some, some of the modern worship people are, are doing. But I have a picture just to show you what, what we used to do in Scotland. And uh, it really is a picture of me. That's me. Okay. <laughs> I was John Denver. I just, <laughs> just you know. Anyway, anyway, here's what we would do. Okay, here's here's the evangelism model that we had. Go out into the streets. All of us stand in a semicircle. We have the guitar people standing here, and then we worship, and then people will come to the microphone and tell their story and preach. Okay. And what we discovered as we, we did, did that, when we gathered, there would be not that many people stopping to listen, and their attitudes toward us kind of looked, see that, that uh, little arrow there, that lady? That sums it up. <laughs> that pretty well sums it up. She's like, who are these people, and what are they doing? And so we would do that, and you know, we'd have a few conversations and stuff, but we, we really got frustrated because we realized that that model, even though it was a good model in Great Britain, because people have pedestrian precincts and you can go out and, and sing and there's people doing that all over the place. Our message and our methods just weren't doing what we wanted it to do. What we wanted to do is have conversations with people. What we wanted to do is explain the way of Jesus. Well, the other thing we wanted to do was to have fun. And uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Peppert in her book called uh, Out of the Salt Shaker, she said this, Christians and non-Christians both are uptight about evangelism. And so for me to gather a group of people to stand with me in their hometown to be able to, to in our hometown to do this took quite a lot of courage. Would you agree? Quite a lot of courage to stand there and do that. And then I read a book. I read a book by a guy named Steve Shogram. And his book was called Conspiracy of Kindness. And I read his book, as did 200,000 other people. His book sold 200,000 copies recently. It's a, uh, the, how much they sold now. And I began to read his book. and began to understand some of the principles of uh, sowing and reaping uh, and how that kindness really is a bridge into people's lives. And so I, I read his book, and, and man, I just got enamored with it 
And my Bible college professor told, told us all this. He said, if it works in any culture, it's probably God. If it doesn't work in any culture, it's probably American. So <laughs> we, we realized that, it, that uh, his book would work. And so we began to go out and just to love and to serve the community. Uh, we found out that to Christians, it's a modern-day parable and that the understanding of servant around evangelism, kindness, outreach is only discovered by going and doing. Isn't that interesting? The way to discover many things is by practicing and going and doing. So we began to practice. I remember being at St. Giles. This is a church in Edinburgh. And I was invited down because they heard what we were doing in Inverness because what we were doing in Inverness was working and we were having conversations when we go out and serve people with kindness. And so I was there with a group of young adults for about a week. It was the Fringe Festival in, festival in Edinburgh. It's one of the largest arts festivals in the world. And thousands upon thousands of people come. And so we were going to go out and do some servant evangelism, love on the people, communicate to people from all different nationalities. We just thought that was a great idea. So we did some training. And the training, went, I thought, went really well, except that the leader uh, didn't get it, and uh, it was like a, it was like blinded, it was in, and I knew what he needed to do. He needed to see it in action so he could kind of believe and see what would happen. So we trained, and so we're all excited, and we're going out for our first uh, servant evangelism outreach. We're walking up to the Royal Mile. The BBC is there. And that's the British Broadcasting Network. BBC Radio was there. And as soon as the guy saw our little crew going up there, he stopped, stopped our crew and asked us what we were doing there at the Fringe. And so I just got a couple of girls, and they communicated basically what we had been learning about loving people in the name of Jesus by going out and serving. I mean, they were using all the great language. And this was at their time of going out just a conversation with people and encouraging people. And so the leader was with me when he saw that happen. It was starting to twig that this might be something that they should, you know, really embrace. So we were up at St. Giles, and basically what we had, we had these little Cokes. We had little Cokes like this in Scotland. I had like hundreds of them in bags. And, and we didn't have to put them in the freezer because it's always cold in Scotland. So anyway... We went out, and we're just handing out drinks to people. And so the leader was with me, and we went up to this one young man. We walked up and said, hey, would you like a free, free uh, drink? And the guy said, yeah, that'd be great. And then he took the card off, and he stood there, and he, he read the card. And part of what the card says was showing you God's love in a practical way. And so he's standing there reading that, showing me God's love in a practical way. He says, he was English, so he said, sir? I've always wanted to know the answer to this question. Can you answer my question? And we said, sure, we can answer your question. He says, how does one become a Christian? That's what he said. And so I just stepped back and I encouraged the leader to tell the young guy how the one becomes a question. And after that encounter, guess who was converted? The leader was converted because he led someone to the Lord. See, that's the same kind of coincidence, quote, that happened yesterday and the day before. Why? Because God loves people. He wants to reach them. He wants to reach them through you and me. And so when we go, his word says, lo, I'll be with you always, 
even to when the ends of the earth. What's the imperative? Go. That's the imperative. What we received here, what we want to do is take out and to give to our neighbors. We want to pour. Some of you received some courage today. I'd love to hear the reports. But guess what? There's people out there just needing encouragement like the, the pink lady that Patty prayed for in Walmart. They're just as important as the guy that says, Sir, can you tell me how one becomes a Christian? The most important. So here's three quick discoveries, and we'll get out of here. Number one, discovery, again, doing uh, conspiracy of kindness, doing uh, outwardness, practicing. Discovery number one, we needed to practice outwardness. We needed to practice it. Practice doesn't make you perfect. What does practice do? It makes you better. You learn from your mistakes. Uh, the lady uh, that I prayed for at the post office, that one God incidents is what I, what I call them, uh, we had this really great talk. It was a really wonderful talk. And what I did, I made a mistake. I looked at my watch and realized that I had to be in a meeting in, in like three minutes. And so I'm talking to her, but then the pressure of the meeting kind of slid in. And then so I, I, I just talked to her, would then pray for her, just encourage her. She was already encouraged by us. She heard, heard that. She was already encouraged. And by the conversation, she was encouraged. Her last comment was to me when we left, because I did listen for a while. And when I talked to her, she goes, you know, uh, a lot of the stuff we talked about is tragic, but this conversation just makes, made it just a little bit better and easier. So that's what she needed. She just needed to talk to somebody. So anyway, I rushed to the meeting, and I get to the meeting, and the meeting is 15 minutes late. <laughs> you know, and so it was the pressure of the tyranny of the urgent that really robbed me of what I could have done by going another step, asking if I could pray for her, another step. Hey, do you know Jesus? You see, but I learned through that. It's just practice. You, that's how you learn. We need to practice outwardness. And I, I love what Jesus says constantly in the Gospels three times. He said, go into all the what? World. Okay, go into all the world. See these guys on this uh, little ramp around here? That, that's church. Okay, us four and no more. That's what that is. But have you ever noticed that we just keep going around in circles and sometimes we don't do what we hear? And we just keep circling back to the things God speaks to us and we don't do what God tells us over. It's like going around and around in circles. So I'm encouraging you to get a, a hacksaw and cut down these barriers in your life so that you can go out and begin to practice outwardness. Discovery number two, uh, reaching people is a process. Okay, how many people in here, the first time you heard the gospel, you gave your life to Jesus, would you raise your hand? One, two, three, four, five. Five people out of all of us heard the gospel one time about Jesus. That's a, that is wonderful. We ought to give God applause for that. But for the rest of you, the other 90 in here or 100 in here, it was a process. God was speaking to you. God was encouraging you. God was allowing you to bump into Christians. God was doing all kinds of things to touch your heart. That only, <laughs> the only way that God could do it, he did it for you. The only way to get your attention was different the way he got my attention, but he got your attention somehow because that's what he does. That's his goodness. That's his grace. That's his kindness. And that's his, his power. 
So reaching people is a process, and I really encourage you to read uh, John 4. Would you read John 4? It says, the woman at the well is a process for her. She heard him, she heard him, she heard him, she heard him, made her excuses, then really heard him, got so moved by what he said, and more importantly, by who he was, I think, by his actions and by his attitude and by his love that was flowing out of her, out of him to her that she so moved she left her water pot and went and told all the men of the, the city come see, a man, come see a man who told me everything about me could he this one be this person be the messiah so they all come back and they listen to Jesus they stay they hear him for three days it's a process three days at the end of the three days they say woman no longer do we believe because of what you have said but we have heard him for ourselves and now we believe that this man is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Isn't that amazing? But that's process. That's John 4. That is process. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, Apollos and Paul. He asked the Corinthians, who, are, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We're only servants. There's that word again. Only servants to help you to believe. I watered. Paul, Apollos uh, planted well, I planted Apollos water, but guess what? God was giving the what? Increase. And you see, God's the only one that can give the increase. We can't give the increase. We can appeal to people. We can encourage people. But at the same time, it takes God to know God. It really does. And that's he wants to know people. So that's why his Holy Spirit comes upon uh, the good news. Discovery number three. In order to reach a person's head, we needed to reach their heart. Remember us out there with our guitar singing and all the stuff? What were we doing? We were doing, we were doing head, hopefully, to get to the heart. We were approaching their head to get to their heart. And when we began to go out and serve and began to touch at a heart level, just serving with kindness and grace, we were able to reach their heart first and then to be able to move up and to explain things, why we're doing what we're doing and I've told the story uh, here several times about the lady who didn't get what we were doing and she was angry and mad and even though I've told the story I'm going to tell it again she was angry at, at me because I wasn't doing what Jesus what she thought Jesus should do so I asked her a question so why is that she goes well Jesus would never give a free light bulb to a person or give a coke to a person that isn't what he is he would give the good news I said yeah the good news is really important but how they receive the good news in the process of getting to the good news is just as important and at that time a friend of mine named Liz who ended up being a missionary to Honduras she came up <laughs> with a lady who had just received a light bulb and it's the same God incidence is, is that, that we, I had at the post office. The lady had just turned around and was heading back uh, to, to the town center to purchase a light bulb because that was the one thing she forgot to purchase on her list. And this lady standing there says, hey, would you like a free light bulb? <laughs> and so she got her free light bulb, and Liz, being a good person, just loved on her, encouraged her, you have any needs, anything going on? And uh, the lady says, yes, I have had a tremendous pain in my shoulder, and it won't go away, and I've had it for a really long time. She goes, well, come on, come on up. We're going we're gonna to take you up to my group, and we're going to pray for you. And she says, okay. So she came on up, and we pray, prayed for her. She got, you know, how we do here, put hands on people. We did it out there, put hands on her, ask permission. Can we put a hand on her shoulder? Yes. And we prayed, commanded pain to go, healing to flow in Jesus' name. And then we asked her to move her 
her arm to see if she received healing. That's how you do it. So anyway, the lady goes like this, with no pain whatsoever. And the lady who was giving me the hard time saw this, and she changed her whole tone. And what was really going on, and the anger in her life, was because she had just gone through a messy divorce, and she was just taking it out on everybody. Had nothing to do with us. And she, then she, the lady was all beat up. She came to our church, received healing. Then she would go out on the streets and help us to do these crazy, stupid things. So in order to reach a person's head, we needed to reach their heart. And I love what the Revival Ohio guys do when they go out and communicate to people. And I've had some great conversations with them. And what they do is they go out with their uh, wristbands and with their Bibles. They go out and talk to people. And I talked to them this, this year, and they had a huge, huge successful year. They, see, they saw more people meeting Jesus this year than they can remember. That's in our area. They went to uh, festivals in, in the community with their baptism pool. <laughs> and they were there baptizing people at the festival. And uh, he told me, he says, you know, he said, one of the greatest outreaches that we did where we saw some real fruit from what we did was we went out to this low-income uh, community. It's kind of like, like built around a park. You ever seen those communities are built around kids' parks and stuff? And there's picnic tables. We went there and did picnic tables, and we served hot dogs and hamburgers and all this kind of stuff. And people came, and it was so fun. They re many, many of those who came to receive to eat, eat the uh, the food that we gave them responded to the message that we were giving. And he said, that was so cool. And I said, yeah, it's both and, isn't it? And I said, serve and share the good news. It's not just serve only, but it's serve and share the good news. And it's not just share uh, the good news, it's also to serve as well. So they have love, listen, discern, respond. That's what they do. That's their kind of grid. And I would encourage you to think about that, is to love. And I connected another word that says serve, love as serving, listen, discern and respond and that discerning and responding can happen just like that like with Patty and the lady with the, with the knee I asked Patty I said hey Patty how did you know to pray for the lady she goes because I felt compassion and that's what this Bible tells me that I should do she goes I didn't get a word of knowledge I didn't get a prophecy I just knew what God's word encouraged me to be, friendly, open-hearted person to love people, was my response to this compassion I felt in my heart to give a lady a hug and to be able to pray for her. That makes sense? So sometimes, folks, it's not a matter of discerning if I'm not hearing God for a person. We know what the com great commandment is. The great commandment is go. You know, it, you know and to be honest, you don't really have to even ask if I should pray for a person. But I do, out of courtesy to the person. You know what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? So anyway, it's the, uh, it's the word that encourages us. So wrapping up, I just want to encourage you with two more little uh, quotes and we get out of here. Love looks like something, doesn't it? Love looks like something. So this week, this week, Valentine's week, and we've discovered this is one of our best outreaches. We touch a lot of people just through these little... Uh, Hershey Kisses, we spent extort, not extraordinary, but a lot of money serving the teachers, the teachers on uh, February the 13th in their staff rooms, they're going to get a bunch of this stuff and some dark chocolate and all the other kinds of chocolate because teachers like chocolate, so I'm, 
So anyway, we're going to go do that and just encur encourage them. So love looks like something, and we have the opportunity as believers, every one of us have the opportunity to define what that something looks like. You know, be as creative as you want. Be as creative, be as loving as you can, but let your love look like something. Here's a great, uh, a great book. I'll end it with this quote. I have two more quotes I'm going to end. The book that I, I wrote, read, read many, many years ago by a guy named Aaron McManus, uh, just amazing leader, Mosaic in L.A., California, and they figured out uh, how to reach their world. And he travels all the time, all over the world, encouraging people to, uh, uh, to serve and to connect with their community. The book's called Unstoppable Force, Daring to Become the Church God Had in Mind. And it's one of my favorite books. I would encourage you, if you're, if you're a church leader and you want to get some really good insight on how to reach your world, and unstoppable force, daring to become a church that God had in mind. It is a very, very powerful foundational book that he wrote many years ago. But here's his uh, quote, the serving that we're called to requires direct contact. You cannot wash the feet of a dirty world if you refuse to touch it. The church is not called to survive history, but to serve humanity. Uh, one year, his daughter, uh, she had a heart for the prostitutes in, in, in an Asian country. And so he decided to take her to the Asian country to be with her as they reached out to the prostitutes of that country. And so she washed, helped wash the feet of a dirty world. But it's very hard to watch, wash the feet of a dirty world if you're not willing to have direct contact. The church is not called to survive history, but to serve humanity. The life of the church is the heart of God. That is our prayer, isn't it? That the heart of our church would be the heart of God. The very heartbeat of Jesus would be our heartbeat. That's our prayer. And I think that our other part of our heartbeat is that we want Jesus to receive glory and honor and praise any way possible, in every way possible. If that means waving a flag, let the flag fly. You know, that we, every way possible, if we need, if it means painting, paint the paint. If it needs drumming, drum the drum. Play the bass. Serve somehow. The church is not called to survive history, but to serve humanity. The life of the church is the heart of God, and the heart of God is to serve a broken world. And then uh, my, my last quote, this is, this is a Steve Bowen quote. Good deeds don't save us. Good deeds reveal us. Steve Bowen and about 100 other people. <laughs> that's how many people, that's how many people uh, have believed that. So I just felt like today just wanted to equip a little bit. Do you feel like you've been equipped a little bit today? Is that just equipping the reason behind why we go and do these crazy things? The God instances. These, I would sort of encourage you. The God instances that patting on our head on Friday and Saturday before the Sunday that we came here was God speaking. It was God speaking. It was a big yes and it was a big amen to what we do here as a church. And to be honest, this last year, I'm just totally blown away last year of what you all did. I'm serious. What you all did last year was our best year ever doing outreach. We had more people respond and going than we had the years before that since I've been here. And we touched a whole lot of people in our community and so I want to thank you guys
for just uh, flowing with us, allowing us to do some things that are a little bit radical sometimes. Uh, one of the best outreaches that we didn't plan was the live nativity that the teens did. That was one of the best outreaches this year. So would you stand as we uh, get ready to go? Okay, I'm going to throw a little curveball here at the end. You know, I really like the, uh, the prophetic team when you guys come up. If you're a prophetic people on the team, would you just come on up? People who pray for people, could you guys come on up? If there's none of you, I'm going to be here for a really long time. So there's some other people that are known to be, to be prophetic people here. Just encourage you to come up. And uh, at the, after we pray, I'm just going to encourage you that if you need courage poured into your heart, many of you stood up, and some of you may want to come and come up and receive prayer, say, man, I really need courage. Well, these guys, what I'm, I'm believing they're going to do, they're going to be able to encourage you. They're going to be able to pour courage, his courage, into your heart. Does that make sense? This makes sense. Okay, let's hold our hands out. Okay. Okay, Father, we thank you just for your goodness. We, we thank you that uh, love looks like something. Looks like you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Love looks like something. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him, not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but he sent his son into the world. they might have life and live. So Father, we ask you to put seeds in our hands. Just receive seeds in your hands. Gospel seeds, kindness, good deeds, encouragement, strength, blessing. I'll just ask you just to touch your lips. Would you mind doing that? Just do, it's crazy, but just if you would. Father, give us words to speak. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, minds to perceive, hearts to believe, and our spirits to receive. So, Father, put words of kindness and grace upon our lips this week in the coming days. We believe you. We believe your gospel has power to save. Your good news has power to save. So, Lord, I just pray all across this room that, God, you give us God instances, that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see people, Lord, and give us a, a life that's willing to respond. So, Father, we, we ask that in Jesus' name.
Jesus' name. And then uh, Josh and I are going to be standing over here. And uh, if you need prayer for healing, we'd love to pray for you today. Uh, God bless you guys. Go in peace. Be blessed.